Hello, well, this is Blonde-Haired Girl. I get so much stuff that comes across my screen like everybody else. <laughs> I'm not the only one. Um, <laughs> I just like, I'm just sitting here and I just don't even know where to begin because I feel like this topic that I've never really, I don't know that I've ever talked about this before, is a lot of what is ailing us in in our current political problems. <laughs> so yesterday, I, or the other day, I don't know when it was, came across this reel. I don't know why it came into my awareness. I have no idea. I don't follow preachers. I don't watch a lot of YouTubes about, I don't even know what to call it, basic Christianity. I don't. I So I don't know why this came across my screen. But I saw this um, short. It was a short on why you should never marry a promiscuous woman. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to say that again. Why you should never marry a promiscuous woman. And I about lost it. I about lost it. I was I, I was just... <clears throat> and I grew up in this. Maybe not to the degree of other people that I know of or that I've heard of. But I grew up in this. I was, um, I grew up in a Roman Catholic household. My parents um, were definitely, I don't remember them verbatim, but I mean, it was just, we never talked about sex, hardly ever, ever. Like, it was just, I just knew. And I don't know if I heard it from the pulpit, or I don't know how I knew, but I just knew that I was supposed to, I had a massive case of the supposedas that I'm not supposed to be having sex. So I grew up in this, um, I guess you would call it purity culture. But I, I have to say, I just have this feeling, even as I'm saying it, that I don't believe that the Catholic Church was the same as the Christian churches on this issue. I mean, my dad never bought me a purity ring. This is one of the most, like, somebody in my family had bought somebody in my family a purity ring, one of my nieces, and I, I just... I was really upset about it. Um, it's this, this, I'm going to try to keep my judgments out of it. Um, it is a ring that parents buy their girls that they wear to keep their purity, to keep their virginity for marriage. I guess it's an ever sign on their on their hand um, about such things, <clears throat> and I feel it seems to me that the harder that you push down on a 
person about this issue, the harder that it just kind of is for them. This expectation that goes really contrary to biology. Okay, so, and then I'm going to say, but I'm also not one of these people that 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 is a core value of mine. I'm just speaking of my core values and and um I'm not really one of these people who would instruct people to just go sleep with whoever they want whenever they want. Like that would not be my pref- preference for my children. Like I I believe our body and sharing our body with somebody is a very powerful act. I really do. I think there's a lot going on in that. Um, and when you sleep with somebody, when you have sex with somebody, when you share your body with somebody on that level, it's, it's, it's just not something to be completely taken lightly. That's my belief. This is a core belief of mine. And so that's just kind of how I I have lived my life. I don't I don't consider myself a heavily promiscuous person and I also don't consider myself a a like somebody that that would I don't know. I don't think on these terms anymore. Uh, and I and I quit thinking. It, it took me years to get over the um to get over the sh- the shame around sex as a young person. Years. <clears throat> so when I had my children, it wasn't that I didn't talk about sex because I talked about sex. I don't know. I mean, just when my kids ask me stuff and, um, and I mean, and, 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 and here's another thing I demonstrated like as a single mom, you didn't see a bunch of men coming into my house when my, especially when my children were around. I mean, I dated a lot. I dated a lot, but I just didn't have men around my children. I just didn't, um, and that doesn't mean I slept with a lot of people. I didn't, I didn't like sleep with every man I dated. I mean, I just like, you know. And, and here's the other thing that there, there really is not as much stigma about a man being promiscuous. Like, you know, I didn't see the whole lecture that this guy or or sermon that this guy um, was talking about. I only saw part of it. And so I don't know, maybe he talked about promiscuous men and that a woman should never marry a promiscuous man. Maybe he said that, but I didn't see that in this reel. And I'm, and I'm guessing that there was nothing said about that in that lecture, in that sermon. I'm guessing. 
Um, <laughs> wow, this is like just so loaded for me. And you can tell it's like really a charged topic because it really bothers me. Uh, this, this massive um, scarlet letter on a woman and nothing on, I'm sorry to use the term, but like sleazy men who think nothing about their behavior. And so this, this purity culture, even though they're not necessarily like saying it outwardly, but, but it's kind of under a different banner, but it's kind of all the same, is the controlling of women's bodies. Like this focus on family, this, this, you know, that family is one man and one woman. That a gay couple is not a family, that a this definition of family and this quote unquote, quote unquote, because I don't know that it's biblical. I really don't. What they're what they're talking about, I think that it is oral tradition and I think it's pretty recent. Um I mean it's pretty recent that we married for love in the first place, which anyway. <laughs> It's pure it's pretty recent that we married for love. And there's some places in the world where they still have arranged marriage. So that it wasn't just a passing. I mean, you were nothing if you were not you were not married off to someone and then you became their property. I mean, it's pretty recent that women had the right to vote, that women had the right to have a bank account, had a right to have a, a driver's license. These are pretty recent con- contexts and to get a divorce. And I think that that whole concept has just has men who have this framework very unhappy. Because, I mean, that's the sum of it. They, they don't want a woman to have a choice. So if you marry a promiscuous woman, she's going to be promiscuous, which is just stupid. I'm sorry, I'm using a... It's, And then he had statistics. He had statistics about this, you know, and I thought that was really interesting. You know, and here's the science. Here's, here's the thing about science. You can really find the science for anything. Whatever you want to prove, whatever you want to, you can find the science on it. You'll, you'll find it somewhere. And so this guy, you know, found the science on virginity and, and the outcomes in marriage. And, and it could be that, that 100%, you know, or a very high percentage of virgins who marry each other stay married, which is the goal, Right. But that is the ultimate goal is that people get married and stay married. Come hell or high water. That's the goal. And, and 
there, there are various reasons for why that happens. I mean, they, if you find two people who are very strong in their ideology, you very well could have two virgins who stayed married. They're, you know, to eternity and beyond. I'm being sarcastic. I'm sorry. Um, there are some marriages that are like that. Like I think like maybe Fred Rogers, an honorable man, married this woman and they stayed married and had a, actually a really great marriage. Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. There's a really good chance that the two of them, they had the longevity. and But I don't know that they ever, you know, there's so many things that went into that other than their virginity. <laughs> you know, I don't know that, that people, that all the people are willing to, 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 I'm I'm trying to figure out how to word this. I mean, if you're really going to do a study on this, like a true study, not just I want to prove that people who are virgins and marry each other stay married. Okay, so go find me the statistics on that. You'll find the statistics on that. You can find statistics on whatever you want. I mean, and that's just what I found in this life. And so, and so this all, this all goes together. So this, this is what we're supposed to do, okay? The, just a massive case of the supposed does. You're supposed to, to save yourself from marriage. You're supposed to get married. You're, the woman is supposed to have children. A man is supposed to go out and be the breadwinner. The woman is supposed to stay home and take care of the children. And, and... This is supposed to how it's supposed to be. And then they're just supposed to live their life. And they're supposed to go to church on Sunday, you know, because God forbid you don't go to church. And and this is just what your life is supposed to look like. This is some ideal that has been and it's supposed to only be only be a man and a woman. That's it. And this is just how it is. And then you raise your kids and then your kids do this. Your kids stay, don't have sex until they get married. Okay. And then they get married and then they, they burp out more children and go to church on Sunday and dad goes to work and, you know, and I'm just, I just like, so, so I'll tell you what, what happened for me. Because I, I, I guess I, to one degree or another, bought into this ideology as a young person. I, I, and so, and so I got married. I got married to somebody that, that it, it seemed like a really, really good idea at the time. And it seemed like a really good match. And there are details about my situation that I cannot share. But what ended up happening was 
that I did not have a partner. I didn't have a partner. I, I was really, really, really heavily burdened in the relationship with carrying a, a massive load and a massive disproportionate amount of the power in the actual relationship. I didn't have the, we didn't have the same amount of power. We, I was definitely, you know, it was, in some ways it was more like I was a beneficiary. You know, this happened actually to me twice. And, and, and I could not express myself. I, I, it, it was, this person just did not listen to my desire, like, did not listen to my desires in life. And, and also there was, there was this, almost this lack of, of, and I didn't know this at the time. I did not know this until later in my life. I didn't understand what was happening at the time, but um, there was like this intellectual mismatch, like this per and these, I'm going to have to say this happened twice where I was, I was married to men that were not interested in my subject matters at all. Like they, they weren't somebody that I could sit and talk to about anything like really that was meaningful for me personally. Like, is it possible that the earth could be like flat and round at the same time? Which I know it sounds like completely contrary, but like, I want to talk about this stuff. These are subjects that I'm interested in, you know, like, so, so if a, if a tree falls in a forest, like, does it make a sound? Like, these are things that I'm interested in. And I was married to people who they could have cared less, but they also, in addition, they were very, 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 very much into this type of culture, this type of culture that says that a man is on top. That a man is like the head of the household. And and a disproportionate amount, that they have a disproportionate amount of the power in the relationship. Never forget, this is a true story. <laughs> I just had my my third child. And at the time... And you have to understand, I had been a single mom a lot, and I had I had a master's degree. I I was working on a career. Okay, yes, I was a career woman, <laughs> so I was working on a career, and I and I so I had this job, this little job at I was working as a mediator through the court, and and I. And so they would, they would send me these emails with these cases to see if I could come and mediate a case. And 
I had just had my, my son, my baby was like pretty small at this point. I don't even know. He may have been a month old. And I, I said to my baby's father, I said, you know, I, I'd like to do this mediation. And he said, whatever I have to do trumps whatever you have to do. That's what he said. Basically, I'm not going to watch the baby so that you can go to a three hour, three hours, one day so that you can go to a mediation. Because whatever I have to do is more important than what you have to do. It's like, I'm not going to support your, your career. I'm not going to support your goals. I'm not going to support you in being a, a full functioning financially secure person. And I, and I, so then I was doubly burdened because I did, I took my choices. I did, I made choices and I'm not going to, I'm not going to get in the specifics of why I had to make the choices that I did, but I had to make the choices that I did for me and for my children. It wasn't even just for me. It was also for my children I had to make the choices that I made. And now as an older person looking back, it's like I stand by my choices. I feel like I was incredibly brave for me to say, this is not how I want to live. So as a single person, I was able to live the way that I wanted to live. I was able to have, it didn't have to balance power. It's not like I wanted to be more powerful than my husband. That wasn't the issue. I just wanted as much power. Like, I don't understand, like, why, I don't understand this imbalance of power. I don't understand why we both can't be valued. Why is one more valuable than the other? And, and I think for some men, and I'm not saying this for the men that I was with, but for some men, it is so threatening to them that a woman would have choices, that she would be financially in a position to be able to leave you at any given moment. And, and the real love is in not leaving you. That's the real love. Like real love even though I could, I'm with you because I want to be with you, not because I'm dependent on you. You know, which goes into this whole other joyous thing, you know, about just wives that I see. You know, and I, and I should never judge. We should never be judging. But it's just, I don't know, it's just like the weirdest thing. Like just... You know, and it's not all wives, but it's just like, like, tell me how to vote. Like, they don't even want women that, that a woman would have to vote as her husband or not vote. She's not allowed to vote there. You know, some of the, the, the thoughts that are going on in politicians minds right now are just unbelievable to me. They are there. So they see this this whole abortion issue as being 
promiscuous women that are going out and sleeping with a whole bunch of men and who are using abortion as, as birth control. And the, the majority, it's just not like that. I'm just telling you. I just know. It's not like that. All the while, having this mentality that they, that they are not held to the same standard. I don't understand it. Like, it, it, I think it must be primal to like, for a man to just like believe that he should just be spreading his seed or something. I, I don't know. But a disproportionate amount of men sleep with the disproportionate amount of women. And, you know, and then it's like, <laughs> and it's like, this is like the thing about it. It's like, it takes two people. So 300 and 304 men. This is what, oh, I'm sorry. I haven't told you. So I said something. I, I normally don't. And most of the time, my comments are like just really benign and sweet and, oh, I love your content. You know, I mean, I, 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 I don't. But this time, I just couldn't help myself. And I, just the, how preposterous this whole idea of not marrying a promiscuous person. And so somebody had written, 304 does not make a good wife or something like that. So I guess 304... And I don't know where he, he came up with that. Probably, maybe it was further along in the, the lecture, the, <laughs> the sermon that I didn't hear because I was so blocked off to the fact that he had his statistics and actually was presenting this. And so... <laughs> I'm sorry, I just like I just can't. I don't know. It's it's so it's so not holistic. It's so like not it's not what the world is really about. Like it's not about love. This is none of this has to do with love in a way. I mean I mean like truly. Um in the case of Fred Rogers and, and Jimmy Carter, I would say yes. Because those men had such a purity in their character. Those men had a pure character themselves. So they, I do not, I don't know, I'm going to just make the presumption that I never even came into their mind to think, okay, has Rosalind slept with 304 men, which, you know, we're going to guess she hadn't. You know, I, I don't even know that it would go be a part of their mentality to think such a thing. Because, because that's love. Love does not think in these terms. <clears throat> I had, um, in my last job, I had gone to see a client and his... Her best friend was there. 
So she's there and a good percentage of the women that I worked with at the last position I was in were not married. Like, I mean, I want to say like a huge percentage of these women were not married and had kids. This is not a judgment on my part. I don't really care, but I, I was listening. I was sitting there and I, I was just like having them just, just talk about their situations. And I was just like, like, this is just like, to me, this is just like hell. Like, they're just talking about, you know, oh, well, he didn't, you know, I, my, my, and like, so the friend's, the friend is supposed married, I, so I'm going to assume she really is married, although, like, these days, people have ceremonies, and they're not really legally married. Um, I don't know what's going on with the world, but anyway, so they, um, so she, um, uh, you know, and she was like, yeah, he just like, you know, just sometimes he just like leaves and he's gone for like days at a time, you know, and then he comes back and I, I'm sitting there, I'm listening to this and I'm just like, God, I, this is like hell. Like I would never want to be living in this. And it's so, it's like this, this, what I'm trying to say is it's this undercurrent of, of something that we're doing, but it's not love. It's not love. It's like whatever whatever that is, it's it's like we think it's love. You know, I, I guess we think it's love, but like is that love? Like it's just like it's just horrible. I would never want to live in that. And it's not just women and it's not just men. It's 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 the whole soup. This is one thing that like shocked me about living in a small town, honestly, was just the amount of just full on like this person sleeping with this person, this person sleeping with this person. And we're not talking about single people, like single women and then married men. And just, I mean, it just, I was like, holy crap. It's like, I don't, I don't want to be a part of any of this. Like, I, I, I don't want to swim in that pool. Like, that just sounds terrible to me. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I got to tell you, it was a disproportionate amount of, of girls who went to this certain church, the non-denominational church in our town who were having affairs with married men. They were. They, they, these married men were having affairs that were going to that church. Have you heard, honestly, about the amount of sexual abuse and sexual assault that goes on in these churches? If you heard about it, I mean, I gave you like two examples and I'm sure that there's more of, of these beautiful marriages, beautiful, but they are much out of the norm because I can tell you truly, there's not a single marriage that I would want a part of in, in my, I wouldn't want to be a part of any of them. 
It's not what I, what I, I would rather be single, truly. And it's not, it's, it's, it's just the way people are with each other. But they are, they are caught in this like institution of marriage. Like they, you know, like I, I'll never forget this friend of mine. She just said, I believe that marriage is an institution, you know, and I just sit there and I was like, well, I, I have a fear of being institutionalized. Like, I don't want to be a part of an institution. I mean, they put people in institutions who are mentally ill. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to go there. Like, like marriage is an institution? Like, that is so depressing. And it's not that I'm that I'm anti-marriage because I'm not. I'm like I I think I think that it's really beautiful two people who go through life together. Now I don't always think that they have to be legally married. I I I don't know about about the idea of marriage as a trap. I believe more in marriage as a as a freedom. And I don't know if you can have freedom, you know, I have have this this term is is marriage and freedom an oxymoron. I mean like truly. Because you you And and the the bizarre thing about it is is it all starts out just like truly romantic. It starts out romantic like you're 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 with this person, you're dating this person, and then you decide to like do life together, you go, you get married, and then you know, if you have kids and then it's like it's it turns into something else. It turns into taking the garbage out. And so, and so if it's going to turn into taking the garbage out, then, then you have to somehow find a way to romanticize taking the garbage out. But I'm sitting here and I'm trying to like like why did why did that relationship fail that appeared to be more based on love for me than any other relationship and it 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 failed because I I I don't know that it was actually built on truth. I don't think that the that even this person understand understood or even maybe even understands to this day that it was kind of based on a lie. I mean, I didn't know that at the time, but I but looking back I can see that it it was not what I thought it was for sure. And I had just so romanticized, but I romanticized everything in that relationship. 
is taking care of him, doing his laundry. I was, I was so freaking ridiculous. I used to iron his silk boxer shorts that I bought him. I used to buy him flowers. And then when the flowers would die, I would take one of the flowers and I would, I would put it in this box to dry. And then I would go buy him more flowers. So he always had fresh flowers. I used to stand by the window when he left for work. As he was leaving, I would be saying goodbye to him through the window. I can kind of see how ridiculously sicky that must have been if he really didn't love me the way that I loved him. I can't even imagine what that felt like for him because I don't believe he loved me, especially the way that I loved him. And so, <laughs> I don't know, even marriages that, are, that, are, that appear to be, be on a, some kind of foundation of love. I mean, I, I, you know, and I don't know, maybe I'm just talking about something entirely new, a new way to be that is more based on freedom then that you are, you are, as a young person, you are forced to find someone, firstly, that you're going to spend the rest of your life with, which is a huge burden. Like, how do you do, like, how, you know, so you kind of, like, not maybe the first guy, but, like, you find somebody, and then you, you get married, and then you have to have kids, and then you have kids, and it's like, a child is, is, a really, really, really big responsibility. You can't just do what you want to do. You have to take care of that child, you know, and then you're supposed to be like this, this, I don't know what for your husband. And it's based on all of these rules and these regulations and everything is just, and this is not, I mean, it can be love if the people are loving. But what this person in this this short was talking about, in my opinion, was starting out with this whole premise that was not loving. It was it was it's predicated on an idea that. of control, of keeping count, like, like, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but like, you have to follow these rules. And, and if you don't follow these rules, you are bad. You are a bad person. And you are no longer pure. You are tainted and you are like, I mean, how many people have been, it's like almost like the worst sin is sexual sin. And it's, and it's like, it's almost 
based on, on and, and I mean, some people can't achieve it. Some people can achieve it, but I don't even know if like, can you, wouldn't it just be so amazing if, if we grew up in a different paradigm that was actually based on love and not tradition and not rules and not the supposed Bible where where and I'm not talking because like I, I had said before, Mike I have these core values that I'm not like I'm not I don't value promiscuity. I don't I don't value that. You know, it's not my value to, you know, one of my friends' sons came home and said, Oh mom, I, I had sex with a girl in the bathroom at school today. Like what? <laughs> this is not one of my big values. It's not that I'm going to love that child less, but like, that's not one of my values. And so, and so I'm, I'm like somewhere in between, but like, it's like, I, I value the quality in which these things happen. So like for me, it was more important that the person that my children decided to have sex with were meaningful for them. Not necessarily that they were going to marry this person and be with this person into a tent infinity and beyond. It's not what I'm talking about, but it's like that they love this person and that it's a good experience for them. That was my focus. I, w- I want your life to be a good life. I want you to be with somebody that you enjoy being with. Somebody that you like, somebody that you love. I want you to, somebody that's your friend, somebody that you're on the same side. You know, when going gets rough, it's like you're in it together. We're both taking out the trash at different times. You know, and then when, when, when you're laying there and both of your kids are sick and your, your daughter's sleeping on you and your, your son is coughing and you ask your husband, you know, repeatedly try to get their attention from their sleep to, to dose your son so you don't have to take your baby off your chest, that that person would actually respond and go and get the medicine and give the other child the medicine like we're in this together right right I don't know you can see that this was like a really hot topic for me but I just feel like it is so huge with what is happening with our country turning to this fundamentalist this Christocracy and this, and you know, and this does have to do with controlling women. Because when you, when a woman has a baby, it sets her back at least five years in the workforce until that child enters school. And I know this because my, my, you know, it's like this is why sometimes I get, 
I get all, you know, it's like, I don't know, I get, uh, you know, with the fact that men so often are able to climb the corporate ladder with so much more ease than a woman because his wife is at home caring for the children. So somehow I, was, I, I, I had to manage this, I had to manage this as, and my children were very, very young in my, my first divorce. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a scandalous woman. I've been divorced multiple times. So, so my, my, and I, I, my children were young. And so I had to figure it out. It's like, what am I going to do? Then I had a degree and then I went back and got more degrees. That's what I did, you know, and I had little part-time jobs that helped me. And then, then it got a little better and a little better. And then I finally, you know, then I did, I got a, a, you know, I guess after my, you know, I had another child set me back five years in the workforce. I know this because I experienced it. And men do not have the same concern because it's just a given that she's going to be the one, the default. She's always going to be the default to, for childcare or she's going to have to figure it out and she's going to have to pay for it. I mean, depending on the circumstances. <laughs> I don't know. This this is this may be too much that I may have to do another one. Um, but so this person um had made a comment and I and I had commented back and um and then I'll probably delete my comments, but it, I just it was so preposterous what this man and you know, and maybe it wasn't meant to be a real, maybe this this man who was giving this lecture sermon was not meaning for this to get out to the greater public. But this is just a small little snippet of what goes on in these churches that I'm seeing more and more examples of. This goes on where this is presented as an ideology that it should be followed. And, and, and I just think, I don't think it's a progressive ideology I think it's a very regressive. <laughs> and so I think that's enough for now. <laughs> Again, I really thank you all for listening. I'll be back with other ideas. And that's a, that's a wrap.